This is Coffee, Books, and True Crime. Hi everyone! Hey guys! This is Nicole. And this is Amanda. And we are your hosts for Coffee, Books, and True Crime. Today we are going to be discussing Tears of the Silence. That is a book written by Misty Griffin. If you have read true crime books and child abuse stories like Educated, A Child Caught It, or Etched in the Sand, then Tears of Silence is a must read. We're going to delve deep into this. This is one of the number one bestseller in cults and demonism. Surviving severe child abuse, sexual assault, and leaving the Amish church. And we're going to start off with a quote that Misty quoted in her book. Never give up, for that is just the place and time that the tide will turn. Harriet Beecher Stowe. Just to let everyone know, there may be some triggers throughout this. There is a lot of gory details. I tried to keep it as PG as I can, but... Misty herself has rewritten this book, I think, three different times. I may be inaccurate, but has edited it and made it easier for the reader and, you know, the abuse survivors. So with that, it's it's another trigger warning would definitely be child abuse. Sexual abuse. Leaving the Amish. I mean, that because that's rough enough in itself. Yeah, I mean, that is... Um, seems to be a traumatic experience for people who tend to leave the Amish community. Okay, so Missy Griffin had led a very tumultuous life. When she was four years old, her mother met a coal miner in Arizona. He was also a wanted child molester, and they started living with him. He was very strict. He and her mother were extremely abusive. When she was about six or seven years old, her stepfather Brian got the idea that they should start dressing Amish, and then they started dressing in Amish clothes or plain clothes. Gradually, by the time she was 10 years old, they were dressing in full Amish attire, which they were not Amish at this time. This was literally just a way for Brian to hide the girls' bruises. They were not Amish. This was Brian's way of hiding their secrets because most people will not ask the Amish, like, are there bruises underneath of your dress? They were not Amish. This was Brian's way of trying to hide their very much criminal activity so my question is is it really that easy to just decide one day that you want to be amish not according to the amish i mean generally that's something you are born into like how how easy is it to become amish if at all i think that there are ways that you can adapt that lifestyle because these girls did that but at this time they're just hiding and trying to give up this facade that they are Amish. I mean, that is amazing to me because I'm pretty sure I remember hearing somewhere that Amish people do their sermons in German sometimes. They do. Yeah. It's um or every Sunday or, or like they do like a three hour. Yeah, it's on German sermon. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Pennsylvania Dutch, but it's essentially German. It's a German dialect. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, and that just kind of um, goes into how sick some people think that, oh, well, the Amish aren't going to check under their skirts for bruises. Like, that's totally disgusting. Yeah, and the police aren't. I mean, the... 
Well, yeah. I mean, is that that has to be some kind of religious violation? Yeah, they cannot basically do anything unless they have confessions with the Amish. Yeah. Wow. Not that they can't, but they won't. And what a life overhaul! Like, I wonder what their life was like. So she was what like. What was she, six she or seven? She was, by 10, they were dressing in full Amish attire. So prior to being 10, Amish was not their lifestyle. And suddenly, could you imagine as a 10-year-old, okay, now you're Amish. Like, what a life change. What a shift in lifestyle. Well, it's not really for them, though. Let, let me explain. Okay, okay. Her and her sister were very isolated. Her sister's name was Samantha, at this time anyways. They were beaten several times a day, and when she was 11, they moved to a mountain ranch in the Northwest. Love that foreshadowing. (laughs) They were kept away from the rest of the world. They weren't allowed to talk to each other or anyone else. When the parents would go grocery shopping and stuff, they would put them in the back of their car. Well, in the back of their truck, it had one of those, like, covers. Oh, like a topper? Yeah, Yeah, the toppers. And they wouldn't be allowed to talk to each other or other people, but they would see all these families going in and out of stores and want that. Wow, wow. The ranch was six and a half miles out of town, and her sister and her were basically held prisoners until Misty was 19 years old. When she was almost 19, she tried to escape the ranch, and that's when Brian got the idea to actually send them to an Amish community. Good lord, she was there 19 years? I thought for sure the story was going to be like, oh, well, in several years they were found out and discovered. 19 years! That's crazy! Yeah, it's really sad because they had to... I don't remember if I get into this later, but I don't think I do. Her life growing up, they were beaten every day. They had to get up at 5 a.m. and they weren't allowed to talk to each other, which, I mean, obviously they did. Now, this is her and her sister. Yes. They weren't allowed to speak to each other, which they did, but they if they got caught, they would be beaten for that. Wow. If Misty went to go into the house and... Samantha was in there mopping because they would normally have one girl working inside, one girl working outside, so they couldn't talk. If Misty went in to get some, like, put something away, I think she said a screwdriver, but she didn't want to mess up the floor that Samantha just mopped and set it outside, she would get beaten for that. Jeez, Like, whips, fists, you know, I'm sure willow tree branches. Yeah. I mean, just about anything. And what's so depressing about all of this is it wasn't only them getting the abuse they also abused Ryan's mother Mm. made them all take cold baths and she was very frail and her dementia had taken hold oh that's awful so so now Brian and I'm assuming the wife were doing this together yes interesting interesting about that if her if the wife's name isn't quite as public as his because why not I mean she was just as much of a participant Oh, she was the main abuser. Even more interesting. Like, yeah. why, is she, why is her name not blasted in the same way, you know? Because she not only abused the girls and grandma, but she also brought in her handicapped sister named Fanny. Good lord. They moved grandma in. I think grandma was there first. But they, they were not safe from the beatings. The girls tried to, you know, make it to where they were their protectors. So they had all that going home, and then Brian got this idea to send them to the Amish community. He thought that the girls would be shunned, 
that they wouldn't survive and they would have to come crawling back to Brian and their mother. So are they not Amish at this point? They are not Amish at all. They There is no part of them that is Amish right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, it just clicked. So they've been dressing like Amish but people. But they are not. They've pre- not been necessarily attending services and being with the Amish no. community. Oh my gosh. Okay, that makes sense. Cause I now mean, they have like I'm ex- met up with Amish families and had like dinners and things. Yeah, yeah. But not participating oh. in the Amish community. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking... Okay, they just decided they wanted to be Amish one day and integrated into the community, but that is not how this happened. They were they were posers. They were until Brian stroke a deal with I think the bishop, where Samantha no, Misty would move in and kind of pave the way for Samantha, because Samantha came a few months later. But Misty, whenever she got there, she had to learn all of the rules. Wow. How she had already known how to sew, but she had to learn how to sew the correct way with the correct measurements she was able to cook because you know that was one of her chores and she was used to working so that that stuff wasn't new to her it was more like the relationships the the rules so and now, the language now you're talking at the point that she actually was she was accepted into the Amish community you are not technically Amish until you're baptized okay by the Amish she has been accepted in and taken into one of the homes to be their new big sister. So kind of like, um, kind of like a precursor to being yes fully Amish. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. The Amish are a traditional subgroup of Christianity. They are known for simple living, plain dress, and a reluctance to adopt modern day traditions or technologies. They have strict rules. Something Misty soon discovered after integrating with her new community. I can't imagine though. Like, I, do you do you know if this if she considered this lifestyle change and following these rules better than her previous situation or similar? Or are we going to get they into that? They thought this was their way out of being on the mountain. Okay. Like they were excited to go. Yeah. Because it was the way to get away from them. For sure. And they thought that they would be safer. So, so Brian and the mom thought that they would be shunned. Yeah, that they would eventually come crawling back and realize that Brian and mom know all. Wow, okay. When she got to the Amish community, she realized that there was a lot more to being Amish than what you can learn from the outside. You can copy them, but you can never fully be Amish without actually being in the Amish and learning all the rules. When she went to the community, Misty learned that there's basically a rule for every single aspect of your life, like the width of the hem on your dress, to the length of the dress, to your underwear. For her, the Amish way of life was something she had basically only known her whole life. She had grown up on a farm, getting up every morning at 5 o'clock, taking care of the farm. So it's not that the, the work was new to her. She was used to that. It was just the tedious rules. Okay. Just a difference in, in lifestyle. In the language, I mean. Yeah, language, lifestyle, rules. The, and real, the realness of the culture, not the fakeness of it. They only got to bath once per week and used a minimal amount of soap, which whenever she would be bathed up on the mountain, they would use an overabundance of soap because they were dirty, they were, yeah. you know, awful people that need clean. <laughs> the Amish only bathe not once a week. Not enough soap for those people. <laughs> And they just, they just get used to the B.O. smell. Because if you smell too good, you're being prideful. Nice. However, her new community's emphasis on forgiveness meant they allowed a convicted sex offender to live nearby 
and the way they dealt with molestation and rape was up to six weeks of shunning what they what they called placed in the ban. Now, I'm not going to totally slam the Amish, but that right there is messed up. And also, so they knew... So Brian was a convicted sex offender at this, at oh, this point? Oh, no, no. They're not talking about Brian. Oh, okay. Sorry. Brian is still up on the mountain with Mom, Fanny, and Grandma. Okay. But there was another sex offender. And they let him They let by. him. Yes. And, yeah, just that anti-feminism with you were molested and raped, and that's your fault. Yeah, it doesn't gonna, matter. You asked for it. You're going to shun you. Gross. And they would shun the man, but... But we know. could we come know. right back home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see how that goes with rape convictions every day. And we're not even Amish. Exactly. And Misty said in her book that in the community, the sin and abuse were not to be sentenced again. So after he came back from the van, you were supposed to forgive him and it never happened. Goodness, yeah. You were supposed to basically chin up and never speak about it again. If you do bring it up, you're considered unforgiving and you can actually get in trouble for that. That's a direct quote from the book. The Amish population in the United States is a little under 325,000 with 527 geographical settlements, ranging from the quite large, such as 37,000 people, to a small number of families. Dr. Stephen M. Nolt, who had been researching and writing about the Amish for 25 years, told DailyMail.com, within those settlements, there are 2,400 church districts, which is akin to a congregation or a parish, and that they are self-governing. Dr. Cates, who has worked with both sexual assault survivors and those who have perpetrated in the Amish community, says that it really runs the gamut, and what Misty describes is absolutely true in some places. There are, however, other communities, he said, such as in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that work with social service agencies to make sure that survivors and perpetrators get the services they need. See, this is interesting because we're in an area where Amish are, like, you you come into contact with the Amish. I feel like there are other areas of the world where you would never, like, this Even seems, see them. Yeah, this yeah. seems so distanced. But for us, it's very much a... Not norm like normalized, but it's more normalized than other areas because we do come into contact with them frequently. Like you could go to the flea market and maybe see an Amish family, which I feel like is something that other areas of the country don't have contact. My husband works in what we call Amish country up oh, here. Yeah. Like one of his rigs that he takes care of, he's a network engineer for an oil field company, is right in the middle of Amish country. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if my dad lived in Lancaster, but I know he he lived at one point in the Lancaster area. So he, he also had frequent contact with Amish. And then there are other communities, as Misty describes, where it's six weeks under the ban, forgiven and forgotten. There are no good statistics about sexual assault within Amish communities anywhere, anyway, anyhow. By the time Misty was almost 19, she went to live with a strict Amish community where she learned its rules, Pennsylvania Dutch, which is a German dialect, and was eventually baptized. She was hopeful when she went to live with the Amish community as an older teenager, but turmoil within her adopted family eventually led her to move in with the bishop, the head of the church and a leader of the community, and his family to work as a maid. Why do I feel like this is about to get real gross? It is. Great. Before she moved in with the bishop, the the turmoil that's talked about here is the father of that family, and I can't remember his name, kept coming on to Misty. The wife got jealous of the relationship they had. Mm. Misty got blamed for it. 
Misty accepted a job as a maid at the bishop's because the bishop's wife was really frail and having seizures and had just had a newborn, so she was ready to help. Her goal, first and foremost, was to be a good church member to pave the way for her younger sister, who was to follow later on. This meant learning the community's specific rules, for instance, how many inches wide her dress hem could be, four, and what order men and women file into the church, as well as Pennsylvania Dutch, and taking baptism classes so she could be baptized. She went to the Amish community first. She was going to do her best and save her sister. That was her thoughts. So is her sister in the same community or is his, her sister still on the mountain? At this point, her sister is still on the mountain. Is the mountain nearby? I think it's a couple days journey, but I don't, I honestly okay. don't remember. Very rural, isolated mountain. Yes. To get away with this stuff. The first few months she spent with the first family with the children was just amazing. The kids were adorable and they adored Misty. It wasn't until a few months afterwards that she started to realize this was not what she hoped it was going to be at all. It was then that she started to understand how her community handled sexual assault and stress forgiveness. Unfortunately, Misty did not escape abuse by moving to the Amish and was molested by the bishop of the community. After moving in with the bishop's family for a period of about six months, the bishop allegedly constantly exposed himself to Misty, and on other occasions, he would stare at her breasts, push his direction into her back, or pretend to hug her when no one was around, and run his hands up and down her body. Every night, she laid awake, afraid he would come into her room. When asked what happened the night of the alleged assault, Misty told Daily Mail, It seemed like I went in and out of consciousness. What I remember, he came into my room. I believe at some point he put a pillow over my face and he had his hands under my clothes. What is indelible for her is what she says happened after she tried to leave the house and escape to the neighbors who were not Amish. He, uh... This is about to get really intense. He grabbed her breasts and just squeezed them so hard. She didn't know what that was, so she had to fight him off. When you are in the Amish, you are told that you go to hell for leaving the Amish. So it takes a lot for an Amish person to finally get in their head that they should leave the Amish. So, and you know, she's, it's, just totally sucks because she's now in a position where she is living with the bishop who is obviously held in high esteem in the Amish community. And it just totally sucks because people, especially in the Amish community, are very unlikely to take survivors seriously. And now you have someone with such power in that community and such esteem that it just totally sucks for her. Like, she is not in a position to... And Misty thinks she caught him molesting her, his oldest daughter, too. She had walked down yeah. into the basement and he was pretending to fix the woman, the child's blouse. Well, dress. They don't wear blouses. Yeah, I mean the level of grooming. Like this is this this is a like grooming handbook, and it's very disturbing. It is, and at this point, her sister Samantha is living in the community, but they weren't allowed to live in the same house. Okay. So she's with a different family, and she's actually enjoying this way of life, like trying to find a husband and doing everything Settling in <clears throat> yeah while misty seems to be fighting everything yeah because misty doesn't want what happened to them happen again which it has yeah which and they're in such position for it to happen again crazy 
In her case, Misty left because she knew of several sexual abuse cases that were going on and they were not reported to the police. The perpetrators were allowed to just live among their church like regular people. They had full access to their victims over and over oh, again. Oh, that's disgusting. I mean, there's got to be, I mean, the Amish. Come on, guys, you got to do better. Between this and the puppy mills, it makes it really hard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, live your lifestyle, but you've got, this is, this is abuse. This is... And this makes the whole Amish community look really bad. It totally does. And I'm sure not all of them are like oh, this. Oh, for sure. But... But the fact that you have a system that is sustaining of this kind of abuse that can just be perpetrated over and over again. And like she is saying, it's, she knows of ongoing cases that were not being addressed. And when your policy is forgive and forget... Well, that's hard when you have a repeat offender who's going to forgive and forget every time they offend. It's the perfect, it's like the perfect scenario for them. Okay, forgive me again and we'll forget it again and I will molest and rape a and child And I will do again. it again. Yeah. When she did eventually go to the police and after she went, the bishop tried to silence her and told her to retract her story from the police. That's when she realized that something very, very wrong with this church and what they were telling her, she no longer believed in. So her faith has been shaken, which rightfully so. And good for her for going to the police. Um, we, this is like, it just seems like another culture, cultural situation that is not supportive of victims. So good for her for having that courage to actually go. Right, and, and she had courage. This is a direct quote from her. I kind of made the decision in a swift seconds. I remember the bishop told me to be quiet and to behave myself. And I just reached up, took my head covering off, threw it on the ground, and stomped on it. And I told them I am leaving. Good for her. The bishop's alleged attack on Misty spurred her to leave the community. But it was her worry for the bishop's children that would give her the strength to go to the police that spring night. Now, for shunning, when someone leaves an Amish community, they are shunned by the rest of the community, and you are left on your own to discover the modern world. I'm not even sure how you survive. I mean, that's essentially condemning someone to homelessness. So I'm, I'm just, wow. It's amazing that, that people that are shunned even come out of this. Right. For one thing, not many Amish leave. They have a 98% retention rate. A very, very few people leave the Amish because for one thing, it's just hard. Yeah, I mean, imagine leaving everything. Imagine walking out your door today and leaving all of it behind. And now you're out in the world for however long. Like, what are you going to do? When Misty left the Amish, she felt like she was being teleported from the 1600s into the 21st century. <laughs> you were basically almost going to a different planet. Nothing that she knew or nothing she had learned seemed helpful in the outside world. The very first day Misty was in the outside world, everything was so foreign and so different from what she knew. She remembers that the television hurt her eyes, the light hurt her eyes. When somebody left the room, she turned the lights off and was sitting on the couch in the dark. The Amish believe that the outside world is evil. Basically, everybody in it is going to hell. You are taught if you are not Amish, or if you ever left the Amish, you would go to hell. Once you are a baptized member and then leave the Amish, there is absolutely no hope for you. They believe the outside world is evil and something that should be avoided at all costs. The Amish do not consider themselves citizens of the United States and lack passports or even social security numbers. When Misty came to the family, they made her throw those things in an incinerator. In spring of 2005, Misty left the Amish. She left with nothing but the clothes on her back, a few other belongings, and with barely a third grade education. 
For years, Misty suffered severe PTSD, which was caused by the horrifying abuse she suffered as a child and later when being effectively given away to the Amish and put in the hands of the very abusive Amish bishop. I would love to know more about this bishop. Is he still running running things in this Amish community? I mean, probably. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> Fortunately, a distant relative of Misty's helped her integrate herself into the 21st century. This is her Auntie Laura. It was her stepfather Brian's sister. She had suspected there was some stuff going on in the mountain, but not to the degree that Misty explained. Misty told her everything. They had actually tried to get Laura's mom, Misty's grandma, off the mountain and they were able to bring her home for a visit for supposed to be a week but that first night or the second night they had called and Misty answered the phone and because Misty answered the phone they came and picked her up and started saying they were going to charge him for kidnapping and all kinds of crazy stuff so Auntie Laura really really tried she Misty had nowhere to start but thankfully Auntie Laura took her under her wing and they actually went to the congressman to get something signed so she could get a passport, which was her first form of identification and was able to go to the social security office and get her social security card. There were many things she didn't know, like how to use deodorant. She remembers the hair dryer scared her to death the first time she picked it up. She picked it up to dry her hair with it and it was so loud she dropped it into the sink and didn't use it again for a week (laughs) or two. Yeah, I mean so many things that we use every day that would be so foreign to her. Misty believes that many abuse cases go unnoticed as society represent the Amish as law-abiding citizens. The Amish are sort of idealized in American culture as the perfect way to live, and I am really surprised that in 2018 people would think that in a country where we have had the women's marches, the civil rights march, the women's right to vote, we are like a democratic society with freedom for everybody— and I am very surprised that they would embrace a culture that is so oppressive. I think it's the invisibility and almost the unknowing of what actually goes on. Because I feel like, yeah, I can agree with that. I think for the longest time it was like, wow, like look how wholesome and like pure the Amish are. Like, look at them. And then when you really delve into their culture and you see things like this, where sexual assault is essentially not taken seriously. And, Pedophiles and, could just... <laughs> leave regular world and run rampant in Amish communities. Yes. So it's like, I think that invisibility aspect kind of keeps it to where we just keep thinking that they're pure and and the epitome of morals, but not really. It's quite shocking, but Amish tourism industry is actually a $1.9 billion yearly business, which I can definitely see from the Amish country we have oh, yeah. near here. Yeah, with I mean, how many? Like, if you are vacations. not from the Midwest region, um, you might not know this, but a lot of us will frequent the Amish country to spend the day. It's like it really is a tourist attraction. To eat their food, they build furniture and sell to yeah. us their quilts. They have a little zoo up near the one that is near us. And their cheese factories, and they, they have a good tourist. <laughs> Absolutely. The revenue from this is huge. And I believe that a lot of the people that come against Misty are actually the people that work in this industry. If the Amish were not the great people that everybody makes them out to be, 
like the Christian Amish novels make them to be, the Amish tourism business would suffer greatly. Well, and that's another thing. And you had even mentioned earlier that it's not. We're not saying every single Amish person equals bad, but no, no, not at all. Th- their system is definitely flawed. Flawed, definitely flawed, and allow like we had already said makes it easy for certain people to take advantage of the system and take advantage of people after leaving the amish community misty met her husband who has been the main person to help her adopt to modern life unfortunately once she left her aunt laura's she never went back because she just associated it with with everything he introduced her basically well i have to imagine that was kind of embarrassing because she's with her Aunt Laura, who, like, knows this modern society, and then you've got her that is coming to her almost feral, and, it's, and like, yeah. through the eyes of, like, what we would look at and be like, oh, you don't know how to use deodorant, like, and she's a gr- she's an adult woman at this point. I mean, they had to beg her to wear things other than what she was used to yeah. and uh, get her hair cut. What and... an identity crisis that would create, too. But yeah, I mean... Because even though she wasn't Amish, she's been dressing like this since she was a kid and she's 19. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and she... Yeah, I mean, it was probably embarrassing for her to even think about going back to visit her aunt. Maybe. Because she came in the worst... I mean, she was... She was pretty vulnerable. And she had severe PTSD, which I'm sure she still has. But it was at its most rampant. Like, she would lock herself in the bedroom, sleep in bed with a weapon... Even though she knew she was in a safe place, you just... Yeah. That type of fear doesn't go away no. just like that. But her husband introduced her to basically everything, like how to work on computers or anything new technology. She did wind up getting her GED, even with only a third grade education. She, Very cool. She got her GED within six months because of how hard she studied. Her sister, Samantha, who is now known as Beth... Pause, sidebar. Whenever they moved in with the Amish, they had to change their names. Misty became Emma, and Samantha became Beth, because they had to have certain names that went with the Amish religion. Misty's sister is still in the Amish community, and despite being shunned, she hopes to visit her. So Beth is in the Amish community in the Midwest, and it's been 12 years since Misty has seen her. I, I I think that's a testament to how hard it is to leave. Like, and... The things that were happening to Misty may not have been happening to Samantha or Beth. No, and I mean, I'm not saying they didn't, because I right. know they did at home, up on the mountain. For sure, for sure. But in the Amish, Misty had been allowed to visit her. She was living with Auntie Laura at the time, and Misty had been allowed to go back to the Amish community and stay with Beth for a little bit. Beth was engaged to be married. She was living in, with a good family. So things are going well for her. She, it sounds like she had a very different experience than Misty had. So her desire to leave, it probably feels a little bit more like home and a little safer and more secure than, you know, Misty, who's being abused by the bishop, totally different. Not saying It's unfortunate that the Amish will not let, because of their rules, they won't let that, yeah. them, those sisters have that bond, though. But <laughs> yeah. In the memoir, she said that the bond would never really truly be fixed, though, just because they didn't really know each other. They weren't really allowed to talk when they were growing up. They weren't allowed to really talk together in the Amish community. After she had written her memoir, she was contacted on Goodreads, and it was the bishop's oldest daughter, 
She told Misty that her and her sister had reported their father to the police and that he was being investigated. At the time, the detective that was assigned to the case was actually reading the memoir. Oh my gosh, that is and so he, ironic. And he figured out that the bishop from the book was the bishop he was interrogating. Holy crap. That's how the children got in contact with her. Today, the bishop is in prison. Frick yeah. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison for child molestation. Awesome. Like, I mean, t- is 10 years enough in my book? No, but 10 years for that's a child. That's something. Yeah, that's pretty substantial because I've seen people get, like, literally months or days. So 10 years? Good. Yes, and DailyMail.com verified through police reports, court documents, and interviews that the bishop is currently in prison for molesting his daughter. Dang. Two other daughters accused him of molesting them, according to the documents. Daily Mail contacted the bishop seeking comments, but they didn't receive a response. Mm, of course they didn't. Question. Um, will that has been in prison for molesting his daughter? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if that's their policy. As soon as... As soon I as wonder, the 10 years is up and if he decides to go back, I don't know if he'll go back and be bishop still because they yeah. would have to replace him. Well, yeah, because I don't think they could go 10 years without yeah. a bishop. But would they let him come back? Oh, definitely. Right back into his family. Yeah, that's so... See, and that is the problem. That's problematic. Yeah. Because you can shun a girl that is getting molested and never let her back and never let her see her sister, but the man who did it and who's been to Come prison. Come back. Well, yeah, let's forgive yeah. and forget. Yeah, if you're going to make that your policy, it needs to be your policy all the way around. Like, you can't just half, half it for who you want. Exactly. For men in power. Now, this is, this one's a little rough. Okay. It is a letter from Misty to her younger self. Oh, no. Dear five-year-old Misty, I am sure you are sad looking out through the cracks of the truck canopy. You can see other children skipping in the parking lot with their family and friends, but you cannot skip. If you get out of the truck, you will be beaten. This happens to you several times a week. Hour after hour, you sit in the canopy, sweating or freezing. Your mother and stepfather don't seem to care. You do not know what they are doing, but they do not want to be bothered by two little girls. My dear, keep your chin up and do not fall into despair. One day, you'll be a best-selling author and will make the world aware of the devastating effects of child abuse. Wow. You will make a difference in the world. To 16-year-old Misty, who has a knife to her wrist, I just want to say you made the right decision when you put that knife down. Killing yourself would have killed the awareness you would later raise about child and sexual abuse. Oh to 23-year-old Misty, who is sitting in the police station begging the police to arrest the bishop of her church, do not despair. One day, your story will help his children press charges against him and heal from the terrible abuse they have endured. I know you feel despair and a sense of failure for not saving the children, but the story is not over. In the end, you will help and inspire many people. I embrace you, young Misty. I feel your pain and your wish to help others. Don't despair. In the end, your dreams will come true. Uh, (laughs) All the feels. That's so powerful. It really is. She is such a strong woman. And if you guys are into reading, which we are, I mean, coffee books and true crime. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) But this is one I would read. It, she has edited it to try and make it easier to read, but it's, it's still not an easy read, No, but she doesn't go into as much graphic 
details as she had in previous versions. But the insight into that community and what she experienced, and I love her, like, that she had went on to get her GED, and the insight she has now. Oh, and she's in school to be a nurse. Oh my gosh, that is just so cool. That's awesome. The Good for her. The sources I used for this story was Daily Mail, I am a rockstar.me and the actual book Tears of the Silence. Which, seriously guys, if you have not read this book, you really need to. I actually got it on my app called Libby. It is, if you have a library card, it's a way that you can check out ebooks. Not sponsored, I'm just saying that it's available on Libby. And that's free. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have a library card that you can connect to your account. Which, you know, I know that some libraries, because uh, one of our local libraries, I actually applied for a card online. So I didn't even have to go to the library. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, they just gave me my card number, um, and then I could get my Libby account going. This is Misty's message for abuse survivors. Please be encouraged. The cycle of abuse can be broken. This is my story of survival and moving past the abuse to embrace my dreams. Oh, in June 2019, Misty graduated nursing school. <gasps> That's awesome! Congratulations. <laughs> Yay! She continues to work to raise awareness about child, child abuse and sexual assault. Yes. Through Misty's story, discover that you are not alone. Your past does not define your future. The abuse you, de- the abuse you endured was not your fault. And moving forward is possible. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Please come over to our Instagram and let us know how you feel about it. Our handle is Coffee Books and True Crime. Hope you guys like this. Bye. Bye. This is Coffee Books and True Crime.